My Govanen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and it's time for some more Thursday Tolkien thoughts. And this one is actually a response to a viewer question, uh, mainly because while normally when I answer questions it ends up being a longer video, this one, there's really not that much, I think, to say, and so it's just going to be a shorter one, and it's it's just interesting. Um, and the question is actually twofold, and I'm only going to answer one part of it. Emir Ali Demirel asks, Why did Tolkien invent ints, and what can we learn from them? The what can we learn from them part, I don't know that I have a good answer for that, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, but the the why part, there are several really interesting things about why Tolkien landed on this particular you know, thing that ints are and use that as, you know, his, as characters in his story. Now, to give a little bit of background here, Ents were not originally part of Middle-Earth. They came in with Lord of the Rings, I'm pretty sure, if I remember my history of Middle-Earth correctly. And they later got, their origin story later got added into the Silmarillion. The funny thing is, if you read the history of Middle-Earth, and specifically the volumes that cover the Lord of the Rings... In the very early drafts, Treebeard was going to be not a tree-like being that we call an int, but rather a giant, and an evil giant at that. And originally, I think he was supposed to be the one that was holding Gandalf prisoner in a tower, and Frodo sees Gandalf trapped in the tower in a dream. That idea got scrapped. Later on, Treebeard became an, another evil giant who Frodo ran into on the journey to Mordor, and it went through various iterations until finally Tolkien landed on this idea of Treebeard being not merely named Treebeard, but being kind of a tree, but also a giant, a very tall, you know, entity with tree-like characteristics who, you know, is a tree herder and all this other stuff. So the, the interesting thing here is it took Tolkien a while to come to this. So why did he? Well, there's a few reasons. Uh, Tolkien, of course, was a professor of, I don't remember his exact title, but he taught Old English, among other things. And in Old English, there's a word that's int, or it's it's a little more complicated than that in the actual Old English, but the, the meaning of the term is not 100% clear, as I understand it, from the texts that we have, but everybody kind of knows that it means something like giant. It, it has some meaning along those lines, but its precise denotation is not, you know, 100% known. And so Tolkien, one of the things that he loved to do was come up with explanations or, you know, theories about things that were not really well known. And sometimes his theories would be based on very little evidence, but he would take what he thought was just kind of the logical thing for somebody in that position to mean or do and make a whole theory out of it. And sometimes he ended up being kind of right. Sometimes not, uh, depending on who you you know listen to. Some of his theories have been held on to for years and years and years uh, and often not based on tremendous evidence because there's just not that much evidence out there for some of this stuff. But anyway, that word was out there, and so this is one of the 
theories that he came up with, and by theory I mean not so much a, a exactly a theory that this is what it meant, but it's like, what if instead of just giant simply, int meant something a little more specific, and it meant this kind of giant. So, you know, there's there's kind of that connection going on. There's also his love of trees, which he very famously loves trees and nature as well. And of course, that plays into this because once Treebeard becomes a tree or a tree-like thing, he becomes a good guy. So there's, you know, definitely a connection there. But we can't read too much into that because, as Treebeard will tell us, there are bad trees. There are trees that are not good. So you can't just read into that, tree's good, everything, you know, that is against trees bad. It's not that simple. Old Ben Willow comes to mind, right? Uh, and then, of course, there is Macbeth. Uh, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, there's a part of the story in Macbeth where there's a prophecy about such and such won't happen until the forest of whatever comes to this castle. I don't remember the exact phraseology. I'm not a huge Shakespeare person. Uh, but what happens in the story is there's an attacking army who cuts off branches from the forest and they carry the branches, and I don't remember if it's supposed to be like as cover or what, but they use it, and they carry the branches to the castle, and Tolkien's like, ah, that's kind of cheap, guys, that's a really pitiful excuse for a, you know, a, a fulfillment of that prophecy. And so what does he do? He actually gives us a walking, talking forest that attacks Isengard, okay? <laughs> so there's a bunch of different things going on, and the reason I'm putting this in Thursday thoughts is because it's really interesting to see how Tolkien's mind works in this way because he'll take all of these old ideas and find a way to refashion them, hone them, make them a little more interesting and fit them into his world. A lot of the stuff that he puts in his stories is very obviously, if you know the material, derivative of really old stuff. Most people aren't aware of the really old stuff, and that's why it seems to most modern audiences to be revolutionary and new. It's actually not, for the most part. Some of what he did was new, but it had more to do with the broader plot, the fact that he was kind of writing a fantasy version of our own world and things like that. But, like, the specifics, the things that happen in the story that so many people now take as kind of tropes, a lot of that is actually older, and it's just fascinating to look at how Tolkien will do things like that and take really old ideas, really old concepts, old words that the meaning is not clear, you know, just different stuff like that, and eventually in some way find a way to fit it into his story, tweaking it a little bit here, improving it, at least in his opinion and in the opinion of many other people in some other ways, and another example of this from Macbeth is the one that Macbeth could not be killed except by a man not born of woman. Another prophecy fulfilled kind of on the cheap by Macduff, who was ripped untimely from his mother's womb. It's like, he's still born of a woman. And then, of course, Tolkien kind of fixes that a little bit and gives a similar thing to Eowyn as a non-man killing the Witch King, Right. The Witch King says, no no living man may hinder me, which is not precisely what Glorfindel, if we want to say, prophesies. Uh, 
I don't know if prophecy is the right word exactly, but he kind of foresees no, he will not fall by the hand of a living man, I believe is what Glorfindel says. So you have that same thing. It's like, it's kind of gets off on a technicality, but it's not a really stupid looking technicality. Tolkien takes that and says, okay, if we're going to get off on a technicality, we're going to make it a legitimate technicality that any idiot should have thought of because we're going to put a non-man hobbit and a non-man woman, if you know what I mean, taking two different connotations of the word man here, and let that be the fulfillment of Glorfindel's prophetic statement. And it's a much more satisfying, fulfilling type of fulfillment of that kind of a prophecy than is the Macbeth one, at least in his opinion, and in my opinion. So anyway, that's my Thursday thoughts for the day, just musing on how Tolkien really loves to take all these old things and come up with theories and rework them and put them into his stories in different ways, reusing stuff by you know, taking a different angle on it, all through the lens of one question about Ents, which, you know, is its own fascinating topic all by itself, and there's plenty that could be said about Ents, but this is, I kind of just wanted to take it in this direction, because I didn't really have enough to make a huge long video about it, but there you go. Until the next Thursday Tolkien Thoughts video, Namarie. Thanks to all the channel supporters, especially Elf Friends, PA Brew News, Nathan DeFore, Paul Leone, and Oleg Gregg.